0: Welcome back to the show with your host, Brian. And yeah, still just this cricket. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. For anybody concerned, yes, John will be back next week, but I wanted to finish this week out with my final solo topic, and true to Thursday form, it's going to be a pretty short episode. Earlier in the week, I went over a new favorite quote of mine, and I'll repeat it here, but for anybody who wants the context or to hear me massively bungle a French name's pronunciation, by all means go to uh, the earlier episode in the week for some context. But The quote is, perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. And I love that quote, to the point where I wanted to share another one with everybody to close the week out with as well. And I say quote, but it's actually an entire commencement speech delivered back in the early 90s. Despite the fact that it's been circulating the internet for quite some time, I didn't hear about it until last week. So for anybody else who hasn't heard it either, I wanted to bring it up and share it with you as well. That's a whole lot of build-up, so what am I talking about? Back in 1991, Georgia Tech chose a man by the name of Brian Dyson to give the commencement speech for their graduating class. For those who don't know, and I certainly didn't, Dyson is the former president and CEO of Coca-Cola, and he put a lot of emphasis on the care we need to take when it comes to work-life balance in that speech. Now, I'd normally discount a lot of what the uber rich and powerful have to say about work-life balance. We went through Jeff Bezos' take a few episodes ago, and there are people like Richard Branson who follow suit saying, I don't divide work and play, it's all living. Now, I don't discount them for being rich and powerful. I wouldn't mind being there myself. But at the end of the day, first of all, it's easy to choose whatever lifestyle you want when you have the wealth to back it. The vast majority of people don't. Number two, a lot of that wealth was generated through a workforce that had to sacrifice their own work-life balance. Ask any Amazon worker who ever peed into a bottle because they had so little control over the time they take breaks because they felt that was a threat to their jobs. Long story short, if you have the money to outsource all the responsibilities of home life and executive pull to take months off at a time to spend with the family, that's great but it's also not realistic for most people. Now, Dyson does something else I like as well, which is think about this uh, work-life balance as a juggling act. And for today's topic intro, I'm just gonna let Dyson speak for himself. I would caution you that as intelligent and active participants in a dynamic society like America, you must bring balance into your lives. Imagine life as a game in which you are juggling some five balls in the air. You name them, work, family, health, friends, and spirit, and you're keeping all of these in the air. You will soon understand that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. But the other four balls, family, health, friends, and spirit, are made of glass. If you drop one of these, they will be irrevocably scuffed, marked, nicked, damaged, or even shattered they will never be the same. You must understand that and strive for balance in your life. I think it's safe to say that if you're selected to give a commencement speech at a school the size and weight of Georgia Tech, you're not phoning it in. It's ranked number 38 in schools nationally, and its engineering programs all consistently rank in the top 10 in their categories. So I know Dyson chose his words carefully and deliberately. I mention this because, for all the ways he could have ended that speech, the message he chose to leave that graduating class as a final thought was the importance of prioritizing life in the work-life balance. As a quick anecdote, I want to talk about a policy at my daughter's daycare. Both my wife and I work, and our daughter has been going to daycare really since maternity leave ended. So, plenty of highly formative months and a ton of firsts. And the staff of this daycare are told, specifically and very explicitly, do not talk about these first major milestones with parents. Now, at first, that seemed kind of odd to me, but honestly, it makes sense. Depending on how early a kid goes into daycare, those staff members are statistically likely to be the first people to see them, maybe start rolling over or laughing, that happens at three months, or working to crawl at six, and by the time they're about 12 months or so taking those first few brave steps. They want to preserve those first for parents, and that's a great thing to do, but it also feels a little bit bittersweet. Parents have the joy of being surprised by these things the first time they see them, but that's kind of artificial. It's a very real possibility all these things happened when they weren't around to see it. Now, what were we all hypothetically doing that day when our kid laughed for the first time? Typing up a TPS report? Like Dyson said, rubber ball, there will always be another report for us to write tomorrow. Putting in overtime to come in ahead of a deadline, rubber ball, business moves forward whether we're early or on time or even, God forbid, late on deadlines. And even beyond that, there's an extremely small number of missed deadlines that will stop the world from turning. And no offense, likely none of the companies that we work for are single-handedly stopping reality from falling into chaos. So that takes care of family, how about health? And that's an infinitely fragile ball to juggle. Yet we all see stories of people prioritizing work over their own health to very real consequences. Consider the Japanese word karoshi. It translates as overworked death and is used to describe occupational sudden mortality. Enough people are dying on the job from strokes or heart attacks or starvation that they need a word for it. Shattered glass with irrevocable harm done to families of those who pass. What about those jobs? You can bet there was an ad placed for that rubber ball's replacement the next day, and probably bounced back and got filled by the end of the week. Talk about a dark note to leave off a week on, and I apologize for that, but I promise I will turn it around. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about what we can do to care for those glass balls we're juggling a little bit better. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not uber wealthy. I can't pick and choose my work schedule to fit around the rest of my life. Most of us can't. But what I can do is optimize the time that I have. And here's a for instance. Let's say a hypothetical day, five o'clock rolls around and I choose to end my work. My daughter needs to get picked up from daycare. Dinner needs to get made and home life commences now that I'm fully off the clock. There are plenty of things I can spend my time on that do justice to family, health, friends, and spirit per Dyson's directions. There's a park on my way home from daycare. I can stop by there and spend some quality time with the kiddo. I can also invite some friends from daycare to join us, maybe socialize with some of the other parents in the class. Maybe apologize to that dad I screamed at in the parking lot back from episode 16, better late than never. When we get home, I can try a new recipe for dinner with my wife. Cooking is a great couple's activity and from then until bedtime, there's plenty more I can do with my daughter to have fun, keep learning, and keep strengthening our bond. Now that all sounds great, but some days, it's also unrealistic. Now, here's the same-day alternate reality. It's now 6 o'clock, and I'm still working. I have a lot on my plate, and I don't know if I can get it all done. My wife, equally stressed at work, rushed to daycare and back to pick up our kid, and I haven't had time to spend with her just yet. Too late by the time I finish up work to cook, so we order out, invariably a lot less healthy than it should be, and by the time all is said and done, I'm collapsing on the couch needing to decompress. Brian Dyson split our lives into one rubber ball, work, and those four glass balls, family, health, spirit, and friends, but I'd like to subset those pieces of glass just a little bit, because not everything we focus on outside of work is as substantial. Deprioritizing that rubber ball is half of how we can optimize this hypothetical day. Yeah, I have a lot on my plate, but am I taking on too much? Can I work with my boss and team to reduce my workload, fighting against this feeling that I'm failing by doing so? Because, really, it isn't a failure to try to rationalize our workday. And of all the items that I can't take off my plate, how many can I bounce to the next day? Honestly, are there so many mission-critical things that can be picked up tomorrow morning? It's easy to get into the weeds, but if we take a step back, I think we'll all realize... Again, there's always going to be more work to do. Rushing today isn't going to change that. For the other half, let's talk about the grand result of my alternate reality day, collapsing on the couch in a heap. Totally happens. There are some days where I'm exhausted and hey, that's okay. But the danger here is defaulting to the couch. If I'm feeling exhausted or overwhelmed, is it because my brain is still thinking about all the work-related things that I was supposed to let go of at the end of the day? Even if I'm not actively working on them, there's a chance they're still occupying some part of my mind space. And at the end of the day, literally at the end in this case, is what I'm doing to decompress valuable. The time I spend watching TV or scrolling through social media, hey, once I go to bed, that time is gone. My family, my health, friends, and spirit are not enriched by those things. So can I decompress in a way that will enrich them? So those are just some things to think about as we make our way towards the end of the week. If you're listening to this episode the day it airs, it is Thursday morning, and I plan on making it a point to wrap up work by or before 5 p.m. tomorrow. And my goal between now and then is to think mindfully about how I can ensure a proper separation of work and home life, and make the best use of that time when the weekend arrives. I hope you all will too, and I'll see you again next week with John back in this saddle as well. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time. I, uh,